testify to that this evening. We serve a faithful God. Amen. I'm thankful to serve that kind of God who's faithful in the moments that we have need of and the situations. Uh, just many may know, but Sister Ruth had a, a MRI yesterday and she's been having some severe uh, hormone imbalances that the doctors were figuring come from a, uh, the pituitary gland in her brain. It was certain that she would have a growth there, and so they sent for her for in for the MRI, but they didn't find nothing there, but they did find on the other side of her brain an oddity, he called an oddity. Um, she'd been referred to a neurosurgeon for further tests, so we just appreciate your prayers in this time, and uh, I know he's faithful. doesn't matter if you're in a valley or a mountain or wherever you're at, he's faithful. And doesn't matter if you're well or you're sick or you're poor or you're rich, he's faithful. Amen. And we're thankful to serve a God like that. Let's just bow our heads together. Amen. Just ask the Lord to come and uh, take preeminence over this service. Father, Lord, we come to you today, Lord. So thankful, Lord, that we can call you faithful. Not just words, but, Lord, we've experienced how faithful you really are. And we know, Lord, you're with us in the hard times. You're with us in the good times. You're with us through every situation of our lives. Lord, we ask, Father, you just be with us in each step of the journey. Lord, we know you're in control. You know you're, uh, you're more than able for any situation that we may face. Lord, you already saw it coming before it ever happened. Lord, we just ask now that you give direction and, Lord, wisdom, we pray. We commit this service to your hands, Lord. No doubt if I'd ask for uh, hands to be lifted, they'd been lifted all over this building, Lord, knowing, Lord, that you are mindful of every need and you know and you're there for every situation. Now we ask, Father, you'll just come and take complete control tonight, this, this evening, Lord, and touch hearts and touch lives. And, Minister, Father, strengthen us, we pray. Lord, we heard just a few moments ago that we are warriors, Lord, and Lord, we're here to report for duty. We ask, Lord, that you would come and take preeminence of this service, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to Genesis 1, if you would, in your Bibles. Got a ton of scriptures to go through tonight, so I'm not going to expect you to keep up. Uh, we're just going to go through them pretty quickly. If you, whatever you can hit, that's fine. But uh, Genesis 1 and also Genesis 8 and Ecclesiastes 3, I'd like to read as we open this service. Amen. How many can say God is good? 
all the time. Amen. All the time. Praise his name of the Lord. It says here in Genesis 1, 14, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, a great light to rule the day and a lesser light, a greater light to rule the day and a lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. Genesis 8:22 says, "While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease." Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1, it says, "To everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant." A time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill. A time to heal. A time to break down. A time to build up. A time to weep. A time to laugh. A time to mourn. And a time to dance. A time to cast away stones. A time to gather stones together. A time to embrace. A time to refrain from embracing. A time to get. A time to lose. A time to keep. A time to cast away. A time to rend. And a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Amen. We'll let you be seated this evening. I'd like to speak to you on the light, the change of seasons. Amen. This word season, as we read here in Ecclesiastes 3, is a certain time or a time set appointed by God for its being and continuance or, or for some, something's being or continuance which no human intellect can alter. Amen. In other words, what God has set in place, there's nothing a man can do about it. It's a season, it's a de- declaration, a certain time or appointed time. The day... That we are in today, as we see as the evening shadows are falling, will give place to night. And as through the night as it would go, it again, it'll turn to day. Is it summer? It'll be winter. Is it winter? Stay a while. It'll be summer again. But every purpose has its time. And every time has its purpose. The clearest sky will become clouded. And the most clouded sky will clear up and the sun will burst from behind the clouds. Those things which seem to be just usual everyday occurrences are in the counsel and foreknowledge of Almighty God, punctually determined, or in other words, a a certain time that is determined and the very hour of them is fixed. It neither can be anticipated or can be delayed a moment. Amen. There's a time to be born, as we read, and a time to die. These are determined by the divine counsel. And as we're born, and if time tarries, we must die at the time appointed. As he would say in Acts 17 and verse 26, And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. 
So our time on earth is already set by God. Amen. Satan cannot add another moment to it or take a moment from it. Amen. God has placed that there. You know, some observe that here is a time to be born in the scripture that we read. There's a, some, of, some, some scholars look at it and say, here's a time to be born and a time to die, but no time to live. But it's so, a time is so short that that time is not even worth mentioning. For as soon as we are born, we begin to die. But as there is time, there is a time to be born and a time to die, so there is a time to rise out of the grave again. A set time when those that lie in the grave shall be remembered. He said it in Job's 14 and verse 13. He said, Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave and thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath be past, that thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. Amen, there's a time for men to plant, a time of year as we're coming into the springtime, it's a time of planting, uh, and, and even in our lives we go through these things and we'll get through too. There's a time in our life for planting, there's a time in our life for harvesting, there's a time that, amen, to be, that, it'll, that things that have been planted will be grown, will grow fruitless and useless, and there in those times is to be plucked up. You know, we can continue down the verse, but the point is everything has a time and has a season. And in your life, there's a higher power orchestrating when things happen. And just as the sun orchestrates on the earth when summer comes or when winter is decreed, amen, it's set a certain time and a certain season. And that, <coughs> excuse me, that sun is setting out that decree, so also is there a higher power orchestrating when you go through seasons of your life. Just as the lights in heaven have di dictated the seasons on earth, your Father in heaven is also dictating and changing the seasons in your life. So in order to fully experience God's peace, you know, throughout the many storms of life, we must discern and, and accept and appreciate the perfect timing of God. God fulfills his will in each individual's life in his own perfect time. Now, I want you to understand there is a time, but it's not our time, it's God's time. Amen. God is in control. So God fulfills his will in each individual's life in his own perfect time. So we have to give ourselves to God's timing. Amen. God knows the time that we're in and the time that we need to be in. Amen. And so as we see in this earth, we, we're very aware uh, of four seasons. There's winter and there's uh, spring and there's summer and there's fall. Uh, so, you know, as we say in Louisiana, sometimes you can go through all four seasons in one day. But, you know, all of those have a certain purpose and a certain thing that happens. And I, I got to studying a little bit on these seasons. And, you know, winter, is, what we're just coming out of is a, a, lot, a lot known as a lot of dreary times and a lot, maybe a lot of rainy times and a lot of cold times. And, and it's marked as being a long and dreary season. And, and, and some people kind of like parts of the winter, but many times it gets very long and bearing upon your heart. But, you know, it is also, I didn't realize this until looking at it, is a time that inner growth happens in trees and plants. Amen. God is even in those long, dreary moments, amen, accomplishing something inside that may not see out on the outside. You know, we love to see the blooms and the fruit, but amen, if we didn't have that inner growth in our life, you would never see the blooms, you'd never see the fruit. 
And so it represents a time of an examination of our heart or an examination of our motives. When you find yourself in a winter or in a dreary time, it's a time that you set aside your life to examine your motive and examine your heart. It's a time of allowing God to make changes in us. It's a time for a strengthening up and a maturing. Springtime is a wonderful time of the year. Many of us love it. It's marked as a time of cleansing. You know, we have the time of spring cleaning, a restoration from the difficult days of winter. The soil rotates. It's a refreshing rains. It's a time of transition. It's a time of, but it's also still a time of pruning and regrowth. It represents a time of joy and glory after a time of being dormant and going through hardships. But there's also in that a time of pruning. This is a time when God is shaping and molding you in your life. Summer is marked as a time of extreme dryness and, and extreme heat. There's a need in this time for more water than usual to be able to sustain life and strength. And the top of the ground begins to crack from the heat. It represents a time of spiritual dryness, a time of needing more spiritual food than usual to stay replenished. True Christians come out of this season, though stronger. Others may stumble sometimes permanently in this stage. But true Christians will come out of here stronger than ever before. Amen, because those roots begin to grow deeper and deeper searching for that water that is in the earth, amen. Fall, you know, is marked as a time of harvest, but it's also a time of pruning and preparation for winter. It leaves, leaves fall from the trees. It's also a time of transition. It represents a time of harvest when the Christians bear their fruits, but more correction and shaping from God is required to prepare the individual for the long winter season ahead. But maybe you find yourself in winter right now, but don't worry, there'll be another spring. Amen. Whatever you find yourself, maybe you find yourself in a dry time and or in a dreary time or whatever time. Amen. Don't worry, those seasons are going to change again in your life. But just know that no matter what season you're in, God is in that season. God is there and he's working all things according to his good. And so therefore we allow the season that you're in right now, you must allow it to run its full course. You can't stop, you can't, you can't take days off of it nor will you add days to it. It's all in God's time. Our God is a good God and it's always his intention, his intention to bless you despite what season you find yourself facing. Hard times will bring forth good character in your life if you allow to God to perform his perfect will in your life. So we are not to attempt to change the season, but we are to allow the season to change us. We allow God to change our lives no matter what we're in. If we will stay in that mindset that no matter what time we're in, God is moving and God is walking with us. And this time that I am in is decreed by Almighty God. This is where Paul was saying, Philippians 4.11, he said, I've learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased. I know how to abound. Whether in, in, and in all things I'm instructed both to be full or to be hungry, both to abound or suffer need. I can do all things which through Christ which strengthen me. So what is our source of power? If it's not Christ, where do we get our source of power from? 
Amen. Amen. So it, it, it comes from him. Our, our, our strength comes from him. Our life comes from him. And so the seasons of your life many times may become unbearable, but don't carry your burdens. Don't carry your burdens. They're far too heavy. You must hand them over to the Lord and learn to trust God's promise and God's timing and his power will give you strength no matter what season you find yourself in. <laughs> Amen. So therefore, by submitting yourself to God, you can trust him to bring you through every trial. You can trust him to bring you through every circumstance. You can trust him in your sickness. You can trust him in your health. You can trust him in your poverty. You can trust him when you need him or when you don't feel like you need him. You trust him no matter what. Amen, because he will exalt you in due time is what Peter said. He said, humble yourself before under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. In other words, in the right time, the season will change. Amen. But it's easy to get discouraged when facing a difficult season in life and how quickly we begin to think that the season we're in will last for eternity or we seem to be stuck in a hard place. But if we believe we're in the hands of the one who decreed the seasons, then no matter what season we're in, he's in control. Amen, therefore sometimes God is not, not, doesn't change your situation because he's trying to change your heart. Amen, we remember there's different seasons of our life and we must let God do what he wants to do in each one of these seasons. Charles Spurgeon said it like this. He said that seasons change and you change, but the Lord abides the same forevermore and the streams of his love are deep and broad and full as ever, no matter what season you're in. Hallelujah, amen. God is in sovereign control. He's in control over our steps. The Lord God does as he pleases. Amen, he alone is completely sovereign. There isn't anything else, anything that happens to us in life that ever catches God by surprise. Amen, I, I want the devil to know this was already together before I heard the news yesterday or the day. Amen, nothing catches God by surprise. This should give us so much comfort, especially in times of great difficulty. He not only is fully aware of whatever difficult season of life you're in, amen, but he has allowed it for his glory. He has allowed it for his glory. Psalms 135 says, he does whatever pleases him throughout all of heaven and earth and in the deepest seas. Isaiah 46, 10 says, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient time things which have been done, not been done, saying, my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Amen, I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Hallelujah, Daniel 4, 35 says this. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, but he does according to his will in the hosts of the heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and no one can ward off his hand or say to him, what have you done? Come on now. 
What have you done? Job would say it like this. We were, were he to snatch away, who could constrain him? Were, who could say to him, what are you doing? Hallelujah, because he knows what he's doing. He didn't get all the way to 2023 and, and get some Alzheimer's or some forgetfulness and forget what he's doing. No, he knows what he's doing. And he's in control of every season and every situation of your life. <clears throat> Psalms 29.10 says it like this. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. Amen. Mm, mm, mm. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord sits upon the flood. That's enough right there to just have a good old dance. You may feel like the enemy is flooding over your life, but don't forget who's sitting over the flood. Who's in control of that enemy that's come against you? The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord giveth strength to his people and the Lord blesses his people with peace. First Chronicles 29, 12 says, wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. Excuse me. In your hand are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now our God, we give thanks. Praise your glorious name. So he has power in his hand over every life. Amen. So Ephesians 1 says, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. So every season of your life is working according to his plan. It might not be your plan, but it's his plan. It might not be what you was expecting, amen, or what you was looking for, but it's what he has decreed. But God is with us in every season of our life. Uh, I want to I drive this home. He loves you so completely. Therefore, his love, out of his love, he will never leave you. He will never abandon you when you face difficult times. You will never face them alone. He will walk with you through the darkness. He will rejoice with you through the good times. God does not send us on a hard path to find our way without him. He is with you every moment and he's helping you every step. Isaiah 43 says it like this. I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. Thus saith the Lord, who makes a way through the sea and a path through mighty waters. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter where you're at, he's with you. Doesn't matter if you're in winter, he's with you. Summer, he's with you. Doesn't matter what season you find yourself in. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Amen. For such is God, our God is forever and ever. He will guide us until death. 
Psalms 118 says, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Amen, the Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. Hello, somebody. Amen. Amen. David was facing a physical enemy. He was facing a physical Goliath and physical Philistines and physical whatever kind of de- uh, demons that would anoint men to try to take his land. Amen. We're not facing physical enemies. We're facing a spiritual enemy. Therefore, we fight a spiritual warfare. So let's put it in our language. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can any devil do to me? What can any devil do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper and I look in triumph over my enemy. Oh, come on now. That'll change your attitude in your season no matter what season you're in. The enemy wants to come in those dreary times and say you're alone, you're by yourself, nobody cares for you, nobody understands. Look at all this enemy. Well, I want you to start looking at that enemy not with defeated eyes. I want you to start looking with triumphant eyes and say I'm gonna come out of this. I'm gonna move to another place. God is in control and God has me in his hands. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my soul. Time is in God's hands. Far too often we get frustrated with God because it's not happening on our timeline. We think that we know better than he does and we get impatient. Therefore, getting impatient begins to lead to depression and anxiety and we begin to speak the devil's language. I just want to die. Uh-uh, I want to live. I want to live because I know there's a great thing about to happen upon this earth and I plan on being a part of it. Amen. Amen. So, but we get, depression comes and anxiety, but God is in perfect control of what is happening, including the timing of the season you're in. Amen. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, he has made everything beautiful in its time or his time. Amen. In his time. And he has also said eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. But he has made everything beautiful in his time. But you need to look at yourself and quit looking at yourself as some withering plant and start looking at yourself at what God planted there. (coughs) That was a seed ordained for life. Amen. You might be going through a dry season and feel all withered, but don't worry, rains are coming. Amen. What you need to start looking at is not the season around you, but start looking at the seed that's on the inside of you that was placed there before the foundation of the world and it was ordained for life. And there ain't nothing the devil can do about it. He can't cut it one day short. You say, well, I don't feel very beautiful. He said he has made everything beautiful in his time. Psalms 31 says, my times 
are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Let your face shine upon your servant and save me in your unfailing love. Habakkuk 2 and verse 3 says, For the vision is yet for the appointed time. (laughs) But if it's a vision of God, it will come to pass. And you can line every devil up you want to, and they'll not be able to stop it from coming to pass. Amen, they tried it at the grave, amen, on resurrection morning. They tried to seal it. They tried to line them all up, put an encampment around them, but a vision had spoke. I'll not suffer my holy one, amen, to see corruption. He said, "You you destroy this temple. In three days, I'll raise it up again. Amen, and a vision has spoke over that body and every devil was trying to hold him in hell. But when it came time for that vision to come to life, there wasn't a devil that could do anything about it. There was a word that had spoken. Let me tell you, there's a word spoken over every one of your lives. Come on, children of God. And devils can try to camp down and they can try to clamp down all they want to, but the vision shall come to pass. There will be a bride without spot, without wrinkle. Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 6 says, For there is a proper time and procedure for every delight. Though a man's trouble is heavy upon him, if no one knows what will happen, who can tell him when it will happen? Man's got it all figured out. (laughs) We ain't got nothing figured out, but he does. As we read in Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time for everything and a season for every purpose. So God's purpose will be fulfilled. It doesn't matter how dry you feel. It doesn't matter how dreary you feel. Feelings has nothing to do with it. Churches go through seasons. People go through seasons of life. <laughs> But God is in control of every season. So if we'll quit looking at the situations around us and and all the things that's going on around us, but but Brother Timothy, I'm waiting so long. You know, many times we find ourselves in a season of waiting. We're waiting on the Lord to redeem us or to help us in a hard situation or, uh, you know, maybe waiting for some financial boost. We're often waiting for God for many things, but it's in those seasons of waiting, God is there. He is using those times just as as effectively as he uses the good times or any time. He is transforming us into the likeness of Christ, and the times of waiting are not wasted. Amen, the times of waiting are not wasted. They are part of the process, his process. But it's in times of waiting, man, we get discouraged and we're like, well, it ain't for me. No, it's time you just wait on the Lord and say, God, I'm still here. Amen, he said, amen, he said, him that knocketh and keep on knocking. 
You might be still waiting, but I'm still here knocking. It's to him that seeketh and keep on seeking. Amen, you might have sought, but you need to keep on seeking. <laughs> Amen, waiting upon the Lord, that is not a wasted moment. So Isaiah 58 says, the Lord will guide you continually. So it doesn't matter. He continually giving you the water when you're dry. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Well, I don't feel that way. It doesn't matter what you feel like. It's what his word said. Psalms 27 said, wait for the Lord, but be strong. Let your heart be strong, but yes, wait for the Lord. Psalm, 1 Samuel 12 says, now stand here and see the great thing that the Lord is about to do. But what if we walk away just before the moment? You don't know when your season is going to change. You don't know when the author is going to pick up the pen and write another line in your life or flip a chapter over. You don't know. But you have to wait and say, God, I'm waiting upon you. I'm looking for you. I'm asking for you to move. You ain't moved yet, but I'm still here. And I'm still knocking at your door and saying, God, I need you. <laughs> Amen. Say, listen, daddies and mamas, don't you ever give up on your children. You don't know when the author is gonna flip the script. You don't know when the chapter's about to change. You don't know, amen, when the season is about to change and they go from being a drug head to a believer in Jesus Christ. You don't know when that moment is. But you stay there until that moment comes. Psalms 37, 7 says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patient for, patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper and fret about their wicked, wicked schemes. You hear that? Well, Fox News said this and this said, who cares? The good news. What did it say? Amen. Because he said here in Philippians 1 verse 6, he said, for I'm sure of this very thing, that the one who began the work in you will perfect it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Psalm 62 says, God, the one and only I'll wait as long as he says everything I hope for comes from him, so why not? He's a solid rock under my feet, breathing room for my soul, an impregnable castle, I am set for life. Put that up. Mercy, Jesus. I know this is a different translation. Psalm 62, 5. God, the one and only, I'll wait as long as he says. Everything I hope for comes from him. So why not wait? He is a solid rock under my feet. He's breathing room for my soul. An impregnable castle. I am set for life. Woo, glory to God. We are set for life. 
and not, you say, well, I want to be set for life. I want to have so much in the 401k. I want so much in my bank. Listen, he ain't talking about that life. He's talking about the eternal life. I'm looking at a people that are set for life. Amen. Demons may be hollering and people may be making all kind of evil plans, but I'm set for life. You say, well, the American currency is about to go extinct. I ain't worried about it. I'm set for life. <coughs> say, well, there's wars and rumors of wars. Let them have it and blow this place up. I am set for life. Is there anybody else set for life? Hallelujah. Are you set for the eternal life? Amen. Major, major uh, announcement and, and got your ticket and you're holding a token in your hand. Amen. That's what has set you for life. It ain't so much in a 401k. Let me tell you, it can evaporate just like that. Half of people's 401ks evaporated in the last couple of years. It can be gone. But the life I want to be set for is that life. Luke 1 4, 45 and said, Blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told unto her from the Lord. <laughs> Do we have any she's here that's believers? The bride of Jesus Christ, blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance. Hallelujah. Exodus 14 says, the Lord will fight for you. And all you have to do is keep still. Amen. But this is something to remember when seasons change. As seasons of life change, no matter how much chaos surrounds you, you must stand firm on the word. God is faithful. He keeps all promises. He is always with us. He will never abandon us. He is our anchor. He is our strength. He never changes, and he is changing us into something better. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Don't forget, he's always there. Psalms 95 and verse 4 in one hand, he holds deep caves and caverns, and in the other hand, he grasps the high mountains. Deuteronomy 31 says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. <clears throat> Hebrews 6 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure. Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13, 8, is Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Isaiah 43 says, Behold, I will do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In other words, he's in the mountains, he's in the seas, he's in the rivers, he's in the deserts. He's where there's no water. He's where there is water. He's where you're on a mountaintop and you can't do nothing but shout the glories of God, but he's also down in the valley. And all you can see is great impossible hills all around. God is still there. <laughs> this is what I'm trying to show. 
Psalms 91 and verse 1 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. So in other words, when the snare is there, he's there. When the pestilence is there, he's there. He will cover thee with his wings and under his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor the air that flieth by day nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. So in the terror, he's there. And when the airs are flying, he's there. Amen, when the pestilence is walking around in darkness, he's there. When destruction is all around, he's there. A thousand may fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Because he's there. Philippians 4.19, and said, with all his abundant wealth through Christ Jesus, my God will supply all thy needs. So when you're needy, he's there. (laughs) Another thing to remember is in every season, his love remains the same. Just because you're in a winter does not mean God don't love you. Just because you're in dry times of life, that doesn't mean God doesn't. And when you're in the spring and everything's beautiful and flowers are blooming and the birds are singing, that doesn't mean God loves you more. His love remains the same. But you know how it is. That's the first thing the devil wants to come at you with when you go through a dry time or a dreary time or a hard time or a financial struggle. Well, God must not love you like he loves everybody else. Look at them prospering. He's got a he must they must really have he must really favor them and love it. No, he's just teaching you something. Amen. He's working something out in your life. It's a season you're in. But that don't mean it's gonna stay that way. <laughs> you know, well, I've been in a dry time. I see all these others been jump, jumping and shouting and carrying on. What about me? That, what does God love them more? No, God loves you just the same. But what he's wanting to show you is, amen, listen, one one sermon I got was in a real crazy place, I had to say. Amen, it was on a Wednesday, real early in my ministry, I was struggling. Uh, I was struggling to uh, find something to preach, and so Brother Aaron called me and said, hey, let's go to lunch. He was in school at the time, I think. And so let's go to lunch, and I said, well, I said, man, I ain't ain't got nothing to preach tonight. He said, I know know how it is with study, your mind gets all... He said, the best thing to do is walk away and come back. And I said, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> so I said, okay, yeah, well, I'm hungry. Let's go. So we go to the Chinese restaurant there in, in Homer, in Louisiana, when they had one. And we're eating there, and we eat our dinner. We get the little fortune cookie. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Brother Bradham got one off a cigarette pack. And I popped open that thing, and you know what it said? It said, no one knows the worth of water until the well is dry. 
It's in your dry time that you realize how important water is. It's in, it's in your dry times that you realize how important it is to be under the gusher of the Holy Ghost. It's in your dry times. That's what I was talking about. That's where that sermon went to is with David. Amen. He drank from that well of Bethlehem and he drank and he was there as a child. He was there all kinds of times of his life. But it was in those moments that it was surrounded and blocked off by Philistines that he realized, hey, if I could just get one more drink, if I could have just one more taste of that water, it was in that moment he realized the worth of that water. <laughs> That's why God allows you to go through sickness so you'll understand what is how much it's worth to be well. That's why he allows you to go through times of need and times of hunger so you'll know what it's like to be on the other side and the worth of it all. Listen, God has a purpose for everything. Yeah, God's love will never dwindle, nor is it based on your performance. Mm. Hallelujah. God's love doesn't show partiality. It doesn't falter. God's love is eternal as he is. God is love. He loves us purely, <clears throat> completely, and perfectly. Lamentations 3 says, the Lord's unfailing love and mercy still continues. Fresh as the morning and sure as the sun rises. Somebody need to hear that tonight. When you get up in the morning, you see that sun rise, you need to think of this scripture. He has unfailing love. And his mercy is going to still continue. Hallelujah. Fresh as the morning and sure as the sunrise. How many ever doubts that the sun's going to rise? So quit doubting that God loves you. Because the scripture says it's as sure as the sun rise. Psalms 36 says, and your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies, your righteousness is like the highest mountains, and your justice is like the great deep. You, Lord, preserve both people and animals. How priceless is your unfailing love, O oh God. People, take refuge in the shadow of your wings. 1 John 3, 1 says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world doesn't know us is that it did not know him. First John 4, 7 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. And everyone that loves has been born of God and knows God. First John 4, 16 said, We ourselves know and believe the love which God has for us God is love, and those who live in love live in union with God, and God lives in union with them. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. 
Galatians 2 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. Jeremiah 31, 3 says, The Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee to myself. Scripture says, No one shows greater love than he that lays his life down for his friend. We know what he did. That's what he did for us. He laid his life down. God, but God is good in every season. And in every season, God is good. He cares for you in every season. Even if this season of life you're in is hard, he has carefully chosen what sort of season it is. Not because he's punishing you, but because he loves you and he wants you to grow. So therefore, in every season, it's safe to put our trust in God. Philippians 2 and verse 13 says, For it is God who is at work in you. It is God who is at work in you. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So when it's your season to come forth, nothing can stop it. When it's your season to change, nothing can do anything about it. It's in God's hands, it's in God's decree, amen, and if you are a child of God and the seed of God, amen, just like he did, amen, when he saved your soul and it was a decree over your life, you know what that decree was of, over that season of your life to come to him? He said, all that the Father giveth me shall come. That was decree in a season over your life, a time over your life that you may have laid in the muck a long time and you may have laid under dirt a long time. He may have laid out there in sin a long time, but there was a decree for a certain season of your life to come forth. Oh my, about this time I wish I had voice to preach. Amen, but listen, no man can come to me except the Father draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. Amen, I will raise him, I will pull him, I will call him in his time and in his season. This is out of the church age book, he said, but as many as received them, to him gave he power to become sons of God. Even them that believed on his name, which were born not of the blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Ephesians 1, 4 says, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So it's according to the good pleasure of his will. Amen. See, Jesus Christ is choosing his own bride just the same as men choose their brides today. A bride doesn't simply decide she's going to take a certain man for a husband. No, sir. It's the groom who decides and chooses a certain woman for a bride. John 15, 16 says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Hallelujah. So now according to the word, the bride was chosen, you were chosen to be decreed in a certain season at a certain time. Amen. And there's nothing the devil could do about it. 
He couldn't stop you if he wanted to. He couldn't turn you around if he wanted to. He couldn't make you quit if he wanted to. Amen. He, God has said all that God has given me shall come. So just as the sun begins to draw upon the grass seed that has laid dormant for, for months and months and seemed to be dead and withered away and no life, but the sun in a certain season begins to sigh shine a certain way and it begins to warm up the atmosphere and things begin to change. All of a sudden, out of that ground pops out that grass. It may have been stomped over by cows. It may have been bush hog. It may have been torn apart. But that sun has decreed it's going to live. And it pulls it right out of the ground. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> you may be in a season of your life and it may seem to be all withering away and all going down to nothing. But let me tell you, your season is about to change. The sun is rose with as the sun of righteousness is arose with healing in his ways. And he has decreed, all the Father hath given me shall come. Why are you coming? You can't help it. There's something pulling you from another atmosphere. Why are you becoming who you are? You can't help it. There's something pulling you from another atmosphere. There's a drawing. There's something taking place. He said in Romans 9 and verse 11, that the purpose of God according to election might stand. He said you can't read it no other way. The hard purpose, the eternal purpose of God. So there's a season or a time for every, a time for every season or purpose. So God has a purpose. And he has one purpose, was take a bride of his own choosing. You are here fulfilling the purpose of God. It ain't your choosing. No more than any of you could choose when you was born if you're going to be blonde-headed, black-headed, red-headed. Couldn't choose that. You couldn't choose if you was going to be five foot eleven or four foot two. You couldn't choose it. Hey, midget's got to be saved too. You couldn't choose it. Is what it is. It does not matter. You could not choose it. Okay, maybe it's more proper to say little people. They got to be saved too. But I find that little people come with big personalities and Napoleon complexes and all kinds of stuff. And they know everything, know all about it. I don't know why I went there, but I did. They got it all figured out. No, you ain't got nothing figured out. I don't care if you're seven foot 11, you ain't got nothing figured out. God is only decreeing it in his season. He says, watch carefully. He said, before there was ever a speck of stardust, before God was God, because that's an object of worship, and there was no one to worship, he was only known as eternal spirit, the bride was already in his mind. 
Hallelujah. Don't you understand God? When he created the earth, he was creating him a garden. Listen, the trees and all that are wonderful and they're beautiful and the mountains and this, that, and the other. But you know the seeds that he really wanted to plant was his own seeds. And he was planting them all out. This one I'm going to put in this season. And this one I'm going to put in this season. Oh, that's going to be real good right there. You know why? Because he's going to be born in a certain nature and a certain character. And I'm going to be able to mold it just right. And I'm going to be able to tear Satan's kingdom down. Look at all these seeds I've spread out there in Laodicea. The devil's made it so hard to live and so unrighteousness all around. Amen, but I put them there for a certain purpose. There's something on the inside of them that's that eternal seed drive of life on the inside of them. They're gonna come forth. I don't care. Come on, devils. Open it all up. Bring them all down. Do whatever you want to. They're still gonna live. They're still gonna serve me. They're still gonna rise above it. <laughs> he planned his garden. No different you would say, I'm gonna plant corn here. I'm gonna plant taters here. I'm gonna put this over here. I'm gonna put Joe Adams right here. I'm gonna put this one right here. Paul, you're gonna be over there. Moses, you're right here. They all come up in their decreed season. And there wasn't nothing Satan could do to stop them coming or to stop them while they were here. Hallelujah, anyhow. He said, down through the centuries we could go. We could find Moses, Jeremiah, John the Baptist. Each one of these were God's eternal thoughts expressed in its season. Then we come to Jesus, the Logos. He was the perfect and complete thought expressed and he became known as the word. That is what he is and forever will be. Now, it says that he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That means that we were right there with him in his mind and thoughts before there ever was a world. Before there ever was a speck of stardust, God had you in his mind. So what makes you think, if he's been thinking about you way back then, he's going to forget about you now? He can't forget about you. He said no more than a mother could forget her suckling babe. They're forgetting about him now. But he said, I can't forget about you because your names is engraved in the palms of my hand. He said, even our natural birth is based upon election. The female ovaries produce many, many eggs. The male sperm, it produces millions. Amen. And there's one predestinated life ordained or maybe two or whatever, twin, twins, triple, whatever it is. There's only a few that are ordained. There's an intelligence behind all of it. Or other words, what would determine whether it's going to be a boy or a girl? Blonde or brunette, light or dark. <laughs> but with these thoughts in mind, think about Joshua and Caleb. One out of a million. We heard about Caleb so wonderfully at camp. But what was it? It was an expression of God's thought in a season. God knew in that season there was going to be Anakims there. He knew there was going to be a mountain there. So you know what he did? He said, I need me a Caleb. 
I need somebody that's gonna stand when everybody else walks away. I need somebody that's gonna stand no matter how it seems to be. Everybody's turned against them and everybody's walking a different direction. It don't matter. Give me my mountain. He says, Jesus told them in the New Testament, your fathers did eat man in the wilderness and they're all dead. Those parents that died were necessary, were necessary as forefathers of the people whom Jesus was speaking to, but they perished, yet they were the election of God naturally as Jacob, or Joshua and Caleb were spiritually. But to go on, these elect were not only the eternal thoughts of God which should be expressed in flesh in their due season, but these the same elect are called by another name. I'm trying to finish here. Therefore, it is Romans 4. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end promise, might be sure as all see, not only that which is of the law, but that which is also the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Romans 9, 7 says, neither because, they're talking about Jacob and Esau. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. We know, that we know what has said, for the children being not born, neither have done any good or evil, but the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but him that calleth. It was said the elder to serve the younger is written, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Galatians 3, 16, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed which is in Christ. Galatians 3, 29, and if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So according to Romans 4, 16, we find that God has given a sure promise to all of Abraham's seed and Paul puts himself and all believers under that designation because he said Abraham who is the father of us all therefore he goes on to not only narrow down his definition but to rather finalize it he said identified the seed singular with Jesus and counted the seed of children the children of promise and the promises that had to do with election and the choosing of God and that is exactly what we have been saying these who are the royal seed are the elect of God. They are the predestinated, foreknown of God, and it were in his mind and in his thoughts, in very plain language. The true bride of Christ was in the mind of God eternally, though not expressed, each forth came forth in the designated, decreed season. And as each member came forth, it became expressed, and it took its place in the body. Thus, this for the bride is a literal spoken word, seed bride. So you will come forth. <laughs> Let me tell you, devil, you can't keep us from coming forth. There will be a body change. He said, well, when did I become seed? When I had an altar? No, no, you was already seed. Therefore, you could be reborn. For only the seed can be reborn because we were seed is the reason we can be quickened. In non-seed, there's nothing to quicken. But you know, a seed, we can call him a son or a daughter of God, can go a long time before he recognizes that he is a son. In fact, a lot of true Christians are like the story of the baby eagle that was hatched out under a hen. You know, the eagle is a type of a true believer where the farmer took an egg from an eagle's nest, placed it under a hen. But in due time, all the eggs in the hen hatched out. The baby chicks got along fine with the other, the other hen, but the little eagle, 
He couldn't figure out what all the clucking and scratching for food in the manure pile was all about. He managed to make a living, but he's pretty confused about it all. But in another season, one day, in another day, from way up in the air, Mother Eagle that laid that egg spied that little eagle on the ground, and she swooped down with tremendous speed and screamed at the top of her voice for him to fly up to meet her. He had never heard an eagle cry before, but when he heard that first scream, when he heard that first scream, something in him stirred, and he longed to launch out towards it. But he was afraid to try. And another mother, again, that mother screams and arise in the wind and follow me. And he screamed back, I'm afraid. Once more she screamed out, try with all you got, try with all you got. And beating those wings, he hurled himself into the air, answering the cry of his mother. He soared off into the blue skies. You see, he always was an eagle. He always was an eagle. Oh, he might have one time acted like a chicken for a little while, but he never could be satisfied. But once he heard in that time, in that season, another cry from another rail, something began to quicken on the inside of him. That's who I am. That's where I belong. I never belonged here. This world is not my home. I'm passing it through. Let me tell you, church, in due season, we're going to hear a trumpet sound and the dead in Christ is going to rise. Woo, glory to God. Amen. Devils are going to try to stop it. They're going to try to build atmospheres to stop it. They're going to try to do everything they can to keep it from happening, but they won't do it. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, in this season, in this time, dirt's going to be able to move. And out of those old graves going to step some new bodies. Let's stand. I'll continue next time on the light, the season of change. Once a true son hears the cry of the spirit of the word, Ain't none of that earthly stuff going to satisfy him any longer. Because he's a seed on the inside. Let's bow our hands. Let's sing that song. I feel the pull. I hear the call. season you're in don't worry it's about to change the devil's going to have this world for a season but I'm here to tell him his season is about to change just as he held many of you sins of every kind demons running throughout your body he had you for a season but then that season changed there's a change in the air 
Can I say it again? There's a change in the air. Say, Brother Timothy, I've been going through a winter. Well, there's spring still coming. Just wait a minute. There'll be another spring. But I'm looking for that time when this world gives birth into the season of God. That in one eternal season, it'll all remain the same. Maybe you just need to give yourself to the Lord. Say, Father, I'm sorry. Been chiding at you, Lord. I've been upset because of the season I'm in. But I've heard tonight that you love me no matter what season. You care for me no matter what season. You're with me no matter what season. Forgive me, Lord, for speaking the devil's language. Lord, let my heart be turned back to you. Let that Spirit of God call out to my life once again. Father, you see the hands lifted all over this building. Things are going a little different than I expected tonight, but Lord, it's your work. This is your church. These are your people. Let the Word find its eternal resting place. Lord, if we've been upset about where we're at, God, forgive us, Father. May our eyes turn back to you, the one who's in control, the one who decrees the seasons. Father, may we begin to feel that pull of another realm tonight, Lord, to rise up another step. Lord, there we need to be some pruning on our lives. God, may we open up every avenue and let you prune it off. Allow you to work, allow you to touch, have your way. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I feel the pull. I hear the call. And I know his fear. I'm